Welcome to the Canny Conversations podcast, Conversations with a Cause, with social entrepreneur Safraz Ali. Saf came relatively late to entrepreneurship after working in both the public and private sectors. He coined a phrase that describes what he does as the mad entrepreneur that's make a difference entrepreneurship. As well as being the author of the Canny Bites books, Saf's business interests cover health and social care, business and corporate events, as well as him being the CEO of Pathway Group, a welfare-to-work and skills provider. In these podcasts, he shares his thoughts with journalist Adrian Kibler. So, let's join the conversation. Welcome to Canny Conversations with Safraz Ali. Uh, my name is Adrian Kibler and this podcast aims to bring you another Canny Conversation with a cause. Conversations that we hope will captivate your curiosity cannily. And the conversation uh, this time looks at another aspect of people uh, in business and that's the um, issue of leadership. Very important. Saf. Do you think that leaders are born or are they made? Is it nature or is it nurture? Can leadership qualities be learned or do you either have them or you don't? I think it's a bit of both, Adrian. There's uh, there's some people that wouldn't want to be putting themselves in a position of being a leader, but they've got the ability to manage resources, manage projects, and there's others who are inspirational generally and want to make a difference not just in terms of other people but also want to make a meaning difference in terms of everything that they do so it depends on the individual's ambition their sort of general habits their element of hunger and what their aspirations are it's something that I would say people are conscious of but if you have the inclination to grow as a person, then you can learn leadership skills, you can learn management skills, and uh, it depends on the individual. But, you know, there's some people who are naturally good at certain things, and it's that ability, it's that understanding of, or having that awareness of you know, where your strengths are and really playing to those strengths. I think that's for me, that that is the key. There's a, a general view, I think, that most leaders are, fairly charismatic people, people with high levels of, uh, of self-confidence. But do you think it, it is that prescriptive? I mean, I'm, what I'm thinking of, Saf, is I, I know that one of the books that you've been looking at is the biography of Winston Churchill and Clement Attlee, British Prime Ministers, many people would say amongst the finest of British Prime Ministers, and yet both great leaders. But as men, chalk and cheese, one a bullion, larger than life, the other one reserved, very taciturn, um, and, and certainly Clement Attlee with all the qualities he had, certainly inspiration, inspirational wouldn't be one of the terms that would apply. So uh, how do you feel? Do you, do you think there is a general uh, series of characteristics that make a leader or do you think they can be very different people? Yeah, for me, uh, being a leader is not about yourself, it's not about you. It's, uh, in most cases, about putting your team first and putting other people first. Uh, so I, I use the language of being a servant leader being uh, or leading from the back. And for myself, it's about 
getting the best out of people. That's the same as saying, well, can you be an introverted leader? Of course you can. It's not about necessarily personality. You know, whether you're an extrovert or an introvert, whether you want the attention or you don't seek attention, it's about how you get the best out of people and in what setting. Some people are naturally good at public speaking. Others are very good at one-to-one. But it's about how you make a difference and make, more importantly, a meaningful difference. And again, it's that awareness that you have and really playing to your strengths and making that really difference. From my, from my perspective, I'm not one that naturally uh, wants the limelight or recognition. It's about the team getting recognition. It's about the team getting the results that they want to get results. So my, you know, I see myself as a catalyst, as an enabler, as somebody that will move a person along the journey. And if I can move a person along the journey, then I feel that I'm doing my job as a leader. If if it's about doing soundbite public speaking sessions and say, well, that's a leader, then it's a lot more than that. That's why you sometimes have somebody who is that charismatic person who's doing doing the public sessions or public speaking, but then you'll have people around them who really get the job done. You know, so this day and age, I would say it's about how you get that message across, how you make that difference. And in each setting, it's going to be different. In some, in some settings, it is about doing public speaking or talks or inspirational conversation. In other cases, it's about showing people the way and showing people that there is a way, giving people hope. And most of the time, it's about giving people the the way it's not necessarily just about motivation because motivation just gets you there but it's also about developing skills i can say to you uh, agent you can run the london marathon but by my me saying that to you it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to do that so it's not just about motivation it's about honing the skills and getting you in that mindset and breaking that down and working with you so in my in most cases i would say a coaching style or a, or a way of actually getting the best out of people is the key there. Just to remind people that our Canny Conversations are built around the Canny Bites books that you've written, uh, all a good read. One of the things in those, in one of the books, Saf, that, that I particularly picked up on was was you talk about leading from the back. Is what you've just been talking about a sort of example of what you mean by leading from the back? Because, again, the, the common view is that, you know, leaders bleed from the front. Uh, just help explain a bit more what you mean by leading from the back. For me, a great leader knows how to lead from the back. What that basically means is that it's not about them. You know, they're not the centrepiece. The key thing is about getting the results. It's about fostering... Uh, an environment where individuals grow, creating and cultivating an environment where you're creating future leaders, you're creating people that have got a path that they're working towards, and it's really about them. And if you move it away from yourself to your staff, to your team members and to other people, then you're, you know, what I would say, leading from the back. It's not about taking the limelight. It's about sometimes listening uh, allowing people to be open, sharing your own vulnerabilities, absolutely key in terms of sharing your own journey, your frustrations, uh, the issues that you've had, being open, 
creating an environment of trust, a safe environment, and allowing people bite size to take the path that they want to take. And during during your working life, you you're obviously now in, in leadership roles, but obviously, you know, perhaps in the earlier part of your career, are there any leaders that you've come across who particularly impressed you with the way they've operated and why what, what they've done as you know how they've operated stuck with you and, and you've learned from them i think i would i would, I would say i've learned from nearly every single work situation that i've been in in any environment that i've been in um, I, I try and learn from people around me if they're a, a team member one of my ways of thinking is that you know you can learn from every situation every person be open to the learning be open to the fact that somebody can make a difference to your life and and uh, say something that might change the course of direction for you or change some of your thinking i'm quite open about being uh, persuaded you know when politicians talk about uh, doing uh, changing their mind and 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 flip-flopping on certain things i think that's sometimes a positive thing because it just shows that you know you're you've got the ability to consider something openly you're not fixed in a mindset you've had more information you've had additional information and you've had thought about it and you've changed your mind there's nothing wrong with that so you know that's a little bit of a bugbear where where people say well actually he's done a 90 degrees on that and so forth that's a positive thing i see but in terms of key individual people i think this is something that i've learned from everybody there is there is a particular i mean my early days going back probably 20 20 years plus yeah there was a lady at sandwell council when i was employed at at the local authority which was uh, one of my uh, first jobs um 1998 a lady called hajinda mangat she was head of adult education social services and social services was going through a tremendous change particularly with regard to outsourcing care this lady was very resilient. Uh, she was dealing with social workers. She was dealing with local authority cuts. She was dealing with changes in government policy and a lot of demands. And uh, I just I just found her very inspirational. She was a lady that engaged, uh, empowered, and I would say enriched people. And uh, I just you know, found her an easy person to, to speak to. She didn't uh, share her frustrations with us. She dealt with the pressure and absorbed that pressure, but relayed to us what was important. And for me, that was absolutely key. Where very encouraging, but also show, showed us the path of what we can do. Uh, it was a time of a lot of uncertainty as well. And I think uh, she was a person that we all we we all looked up to. One of the most respected leaders is, was Sir Alex Ferguson, and, and still is, and he's doing work with corporate businesses now. Um, best known, of course, as the highly successful manager of Manchester United. And Thrake once said that a good leader doesn't have to be loved and a good leader doesn't operate uh, on the basis of engendering fear. But what is absolutely essential uh, and is a given in every effective leader is that they be respected. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, I think in that particular case, it was about integrity, wasn't it? You know, it wasn't about the person in terms of personality or any issues, but what you did, what you believed in, it was the person was honest with themselves, uh, practiced what he preached, and he wouldn't say anything that he didn't believe in. And I think that's at the heart of it. So in that particular case, it's about integrity, it's about honesty, it's about being true to yourself, and, and you knew where you stood with the person. So therefore, automatically you will respect 
that individual. You know, it's not about differences and it's not about how, you know, whether you like or don't like the response or the answer. It is about integrity. And I think if, if you know where you stand with somebody or you know that this person is true to themselves, they practice what they preach, then automatically I would say most people would say you would have some element of hats off and respect for that person. Going a little bit further, I would say, you know, we automatically should be open to respecting anybody. Uh, and you start with automatically giving respect to whoever it is, whether it's a, you know, it's, it's somebody in, in any particular role or any situation. You know, we shouldn't take it any personal or shouldn't disrespect somebody because they have a viewpoint or, you know, they're in a different football team, as an example, or political party. It's not, it's never to the level where, you know, you should take it that level of personal insult because then, then yeah, I think it's not uh, not a positive thing. I mean, I know that one of the things that you do within within your business is you not infrequently get involved with your team, with the staff um, in, in sort of social events. I, I just wonder if you could discuss how you think a leader can deal with that kind of situation. I mean, can a, can a leader be one of the boys or one of the girls or or does there have to be some kind of barrier? And if you overstep that line, is there a risk that you, that you lose some of that respect? For, me, for myself, I like to be friendly, not necessarily friends. And that's the, the key thing here. Friend, be friendly, be open, be in a position where you're easy to talk to, people know where you are and you have a good positive relationship with everybody anybody but not necessarily want to be friends or be liked it's not about being liked or being friends but friendly professional way of of approaching and and uh, talking to anybody dealing with anybody in any situation just be friendly be nice doesn't you know be kind think that, I mean how how would it work if you for example were you know one of one of your people that worked for you you know you went to you know a football match with them or you went to a concert with them during that period that you were with them in, in what I'd call a non-work situation I mean how would you behave would you would you, would you behave as friends might behave together or would would you always have to be conscious of the fact that, that you'd got the the working relationship I think that for me, from a personal perspective, I, I like to think that I behave the same. Uh, whether whether we were in at that football match or whether we we're in the office, it still be friendly, still be open. But it's not about being friends. You know, there's, there is an, an element of of a relationship there where it has to be professional, and uh, there are certain restrictions that I would have certain certain barriers self-imposed that I would have and you naturally know what your limitations are a lot of businesses uh, are small businesses that makes up the, the majority of the businesses in the economy are, are really very small businesses uh, and, a, and a high proportion of those businesses will be family businesses and, and I, I'm sure that people running family businesses would value your your thoughts on this 
the, the dynamics within a within a family business can they be the same as in a more traditional business situation? I mean, a, a chap once said to me, he said, he ran a small business and he said, it's incredibly difficult, he said, because you can't turn around to your son and say, sorry, son, I'm going to have to let you go. I want sure we go and have chips tonight. Yeah, it's one of, one of those damn if you do, damn if you don't uh, situations. But I see, like with anything else, you know, a business um, is, you know, is an organisation. It's not about... Uh, the family it's uh, it's an entity in its own right uh, it has certain rules certain ways that you need to do and, and it's about systems and processes you know you start off with having clear lines of accountability responsibility clear rules in terms of what the expectations are and and if you start with the right foundations then you've got very large successful family businesses so each to their own really in terms of that i mean sometimes people see these as problems obstacles but a lot of it goes down to how they're set up what their foundations are is there an organization structure is there systems is there processes it's not about taking things personally but it is about creating a culture environment working to your strengths you know it's a positive thing you know having family members in the business um, but it's really about those uh, lines of responsibility, what people are accountable for, responsible for, and it's just ensuring the fact that people stay within that level of remit and, and how would they behave if it was another organisation, you know, and would their thinking change, would their behaviours change, uh, you know, and what, what that culture and that environment is. I mean, when you, when, could you come across all sorts of businesses in the work that you do, and you come from a community where, you know, there are a lot of family businesses. I think what you're saying, stuff is that you, you don't think there have to be any particular problems with family businesses. No, I mean, if you think about it, the large organisations out there, they want to cultivate a family environment. You know, so they, you know, we say, you know, we team team pathway or, you know, join the pathway family and so forth. You want to create an environment where it is a family environment where people are hopefully getting on. You know, people, when they think family, they think closeness, they think, you know, we're on the same path, we know where we're going, we're on the same mission, you know, we know what we're looking to achieve. So it's 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 really that objective that you're trying to, uh, you know, you're, you're uh, aspiring to. So larger organisations will create environments, will create a culture where, you know, it's a family-type setting, a family-type culture, uh, and a lot of that is predominantly talking about closeness, closeness with regard to uh, the objective, the vision that you're looking at, and also in terms of how you get on with people. Because that's the key, is that in terms of how people get on with each other. The, the, you know, even in terms of if there's conflict there, is there a positive within that conflict? And if, and if we can leave and park things and just move ahead with, our, with, with, with the job and with the objectives, I think that's the key. One of the things that interests me is the the relationship between leadership and ownership. And what I mean by that is, let me give you an example. Many years ago, I'll try not to identify the particular incident, but there was a there was a major um, disaster that resulted in a significant number of deaths and a police force was involved in, in that. Uh, and at the time, the chief constable of that force offered to resign. And somebody said to him, well, you weren't there. You, you, you were not actually involved in planning this 
particular event. Uh, why are you offering to resign? And he said, uh, I might not have been there, but the buck stops with me because I am ultimately responsible. Do you think that's fair, that a, a leader ultimately has to accept responsibility for mistakes made by subordinates, even if he's had he or she has, has played no part in it? What do you think? Yeah, I think in each case it's different, but you know, I, I fully, fully agree with the level of ownership and accountability. Um, there's a lot of people who, you know, have this way of blaming others, having excuses, or sometimes they're in denial in terms of what, what's actually happened or their involvement. Uh, you know, and there's many examples where leaders don't take the responsibility; they blame others. So and that that's I would say in minority of cases that, that that would happen where the leader would stand up and say you know yes the book stops with me and I'm willing to uh, forgo my position or walk away from here. In many cases, in smaller businesses, we don't have that luxury of walking away as well. So you know so sometimes you know you're in a position where it rests with you to sort things out as well. In some organisations, yes, you can walk away and that might be sometimes the easier thing to walk away. And in other cases, the hard, in most cases, I would say the harder thing is actually fixing it. Um, and it's about doing what's right and actually moving forward. So whatever works in whichever situation needs to be looked at and, and, and each, in each case it's going to be different. Sometimes having too much change can be an obstacle and in some cases, it's a system that's an issue, not necessarily the the leader. In other cases, it's a leadership team. It, can, it could be a board. But I would say it's, uh, leadership is about understanding, being aware of what is it, what's happened, and you know what the consequences are. Do you think a good leader can make an average team good, a good team great, and a great team exceptional. I mean, what I think a lot of people, and I value your thoughts on this, are in the end of the day, how big a component is leadership in success? I think, I think if, you look, if you're saying about changing people, I don't think you can change anybody unless they're willing to change themselves. So that's the starting point. If the person's willing to change and has recognised that they wish to change, then you can make a difference. But if that's not the case, then my personal belief is, you know, regardless of you know where you are as a leader, you, there's nothing that's going to happen. So if you're green, then you will grow. And if the person's open and willing to make that change, you can assist in that process. But you've they've got to be open to that. And and I think you know they've got to have the hunger. The desire, and then you hone on, hone in on those skills, and hone in on that, and you know, and you work towards that path, and you become an enabler. But you know, you're assisting that person to be a better version of themselves, to improve themselves. That's the key. It's about them. I think you're absolutely right. I think what we're saying is that leadership is important and, and leadership can make a difference. You know, obviously what you've got to work with uh, is also important. I mean, do you think you're you're a good leader? I think uh, I would like to uh, view myself as somebody who's on a journey. I looked at myself and I said, you know, well, that was the, you know that was an awful decision or, you know, I, I handled that terribly wrong. 
and there's always those situations where you can be hard on yourself and sometimes I you know I, I can be harder on myself than than I would maybe somebody else uh, so in terms of you know whether I'm a good leader have I made a difference in some cases yes I have in other cases I've miserably failed and in each case it's different you've got to be aware in terms of where you excel and what you've done well at have that emotional awareness self-awareness and uh, and and then be able to th- work out what the best solution is for that one of the barriers that a lot of small businesses have and i'm not sure how you know in your working life how you've coped with this but uh, obviously to grow any business you know will get larger there'll be uh, bigger numbers of people involved and one of the great problems that some of us in business have is the ability to delegate yeah. so i mean I, I start with the the viewpoint that you know if i set up a business my you know ideally i want that business to run without me so my definition of a business is a commercial profitable enterprise that runs without me so the, you know, my first job is to remove me away from the day-to-day the operational aspect of it uh, and from the business so if i i think to myself you know if i was to uh, not be around for a set period of time say two months three months how would that business work and i look at that from a perspective of every leader needs to be in a position where you know they replace themselves the key then is about giving people ownership delegation in some cases is about tasks in in some cases it's, it's you know you can change your level of delegation where it's a bit more sort of command and control and there's different levels of delegation you want to be in a position where you know you 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 give that responsibility to somebody else and they do it in the way that you know you're going to be happy with and if you, and if you can if you can have that comfort then i think that's a fantastic position to be in because then you've created an environment of other leaders a final point that i i think is quite important uh, and that is the extent to which a leader should as part of that role, prepare for their own demise. I mean, I'm really talking, I guess, about succession planning. I mean, within your organisation, what, what steps have have you put in place so that if perish the thought for any reason you were incapacitated, somebody could um, could step in and do a, 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 a you know a reasonable job? Yeah, succession planning is you know part of any uh, risk strategy. You, know, you need to be looking at the team around you. In our case, you know, we've got an executive team. They're individuals where we collectively look at certain things, and and we, you know, I look at them for answers. You know, my job is really to to listen. You know, you know, I say to to myself really that if I'm doing most of the talking in a meeting, then you know it's not a good meeting. You know, I want to be in a position where I listen to the responses and the answers and look at what their solutions are. I'll ask maybe one or two questions and I'll leave it in their capable hands. So from my perspective, even though I'm there, it's more, you know, or not there, you know, I've got that element of trust and understanding that things are moving along and it's really being able to create that environment where you've got people around you who are on the same path and on the same journey not necessarily one key person to say, you know, he's got the title of 
managing director and CEO and then you know this is going to pass on to somebody else but it's really creating that level of senior leadership team that can support you the clock is 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 ticking and, and but I just want to finish with with one thing that interests me I know that I asked you at one time you know if you had the chance to have a, a, a cup of coffee um, w- w- with people from, you know, history or from the present day, you know, who would you really relish the opportunity to have that chat with? And and, and you mentioned uh, Imran Khan, who uh, obviously was a highly successful leader of the Pakistan cricket team, led them to their only World Cup success, and then, of course, um, moved into, into politics and... Uh, and now leads leads Pakistan. I mean, is it because of his leadership qualities that you'd like to talk to Imran, or or other other reasons as well? I think uh, in that particular case, I mean, I've I've you know my view is that the Prime Minister of Pakistan, Imran Khan, has actually learned to lead. You know, he you know he's learned to lead and he's learned to adapt in the environment that he is in. And he, and he openly says that you know he's come from a different environment, it is you know but he had a burning desire, and and really why I feel he's an inspirational person is the fact that it's that obsession, that one track thinking, um, you know it's an inspirational story. Most of my time now I try and spend with people who are my peers, you know I can feel their pain and they can feel my pain and and we we've got more to share and I feel I can learn more from there. Uh, you know, from their experiences, and also I can input more. So those are the conversations I prefer now in terms of working with people or talking to people who are my peers, as well as people who are on the journey themselves, because I feel I can embark some knowledge with with them, but also soak up their um, their energy, their get up and go, as well as possibly who are people who are maybe ahead of me because I can share from their, you know, from their experiences. Those are the sort of conversations I really look forward to. Unfortunately, we've run out of time. Um, but now comes the time to curtail our canny conversation with a cause. Um, uh, I'd like to thank our listeners and invite them to, to catch up at their convenience. So until next time, uh, over and out. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to this Canny Conversation with a Cause. These conversations are based upon the Canny Bites books by Safraz Ali, available on Amazon. To find out more, go online and visit Saf's website, pathwaygroup.co.uk, or join him on social media. He can be contacted at safraz at pathwaygroup.co.uk. This is a 1386 audio production.